Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is the first day of July. Hard to believe time flies. The fourth coming up on Tuesday, and it can be a very stressful time for your pets. With all the fireworks around the neighborhood, etc., cetera, uh, it really can be a difficult time. And then you throw in that, uh, uh, the stress of the uh, heat and humidity, and it can be tough. And we thought we'd bring back an old friend uh, to join us, Dr. Gene Gasky. Uh, who's been on the radio uh, with us from time to time over the years. Good enough to join us. Gene, good to visit with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, welcome, Steve. Uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, Dr. Gene Gatsky, a vet at VCA Bloomington Animal Hospital. And uh, I, I brought it up, the 4th of July can just be miserable for some of our pets. It certainly can. And, you know, the good news is that the listeners still have time, if need be, to get um, some type of medication to help their pets through this. So some pets have kind of more of a mild type of reactions to the 4th of July, but um, those fireworks and things going off um, anytime during the day can actually set off other uh, behavioral issues where they all of a sudden has noise phobia now. So you do want to address it if you're animal is anxious, panting, trying to seek a place of um, hiding, that is something that should be addressed. And depending on how severe it is, um, their veterinarian can describe, uh, prescribe any type of medication that may be something that just decreases the anxiety to something that completely just knocks them out because in some animals it's a true panic attack and you want them just to sleep through the event. So different variations of medication depending on the severity, but I think it's really important for people to acknowledge that their pets do have um, avoidance or fear of these noises. Um, And especially, I I encourage all people not to bring their pets to um, the 4th of July fireworks um, because you just never know how they're going to respond. And I think it's better just them being at home so they're secure and they're not having that anxiety. And I, I suppose we don't have any under, any understanding of why some are so impacted and, and other pets could care less. Um, o- over the years, uh, uh, now I know it's a little bit different. My, my daughter's service animals, um, absolutely not impacted at all, could care less. Well, sometimes that comes in the training, Steve. And so sure. I'm sure because service animals go through just a wide variety of training and exposure. So at some point when they're training um, her dog, 
they probably exposed it to loud noise like that. So a lot of it does uh, occur when they're puppies and their exposure, but any negative impact once they have it once, if you don't address it, can just escalate. Yeah, and, and this, this can be, you know, not only just, you know, a terrified animal during the fireworks or if kids in the neighborhood are shooting off fireworks or that sort of thing, it uh, can be very difficult. Can anything be done to maybe mask those sounds? I, I know you're a big advocate of kennel box training, a safe space, etc. But are, are there any, you know, noises or, or have a fan that could maybe mitigate some of the terror? Sure. Yep. Usually I try to tell people, give them a safe spot, even if we're going to be giving them some medicine. Lower levels tend to work better, so like basements if you have it. Um, and if there are, are any windows, cover the windows, um, play like a counter, like white noise or um, music that's um, soft type of music, uh, soft jazz or something like that, not rock and roll. They tend to respond better to just, uh, you know, that type of music um, and play that quite loud and keeping things dark. Um, so those things can be triggers. Um, and sometimes fireworks actually trigger then thunderstorm phobias, which is, you know, more of a constant. So you want to be able to address that. But yes, getting them in a basement, safe spot, uh, white noise, whatever that may be. Um, they can even put CCO on. Yeah, that, that that's good. Um, <laughs> I, I've been told once or twice that I have a soothing <laughs> voice. Uh, but anyway, uh, by the way, uh, the vet is joining us, Dr. Jean Gaske from BCA Bloomington Animal Hospital joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And if you have a question for the vet about your pet, uh, feel free to give us a jingle, 651-461-9226. You, you can call in or you can send a text. And uh, Gene's good enough uh, to join us uh, through uh, about 1230 today here on News Talk E3OWCCO. So if you have a question about fireworks, the 4th of July, what should I do? Um, what, what about these anti-anxiety meds you talked about? Um, I, I would assume, like, in human medications, uh, there, there are a lot of new meds coming on the market. Uh, how effective are they? Are they generally safe? Generally, they're safe. Um, certainly, some are over-the-counter, um, and I check with their veterinarian. Um, there have Since COVID, they've actually had kind of an outpouring of newer products that are more natural products like um, melatonin, L-theanine, or um, other things like that. Uh, but I check with your veterinarian uh, because not all products are made equal. And certainly, I think that there are some manufacturers that just have a better reputation of putting in quality um, supplements that are natural that could be very helpful. Sometimes they have a mild effect, sometimes a more dramatic effect. And sometimes we do this underlying everything, like uh, 30 days at a time, just to kind of bring that anxiety down. But there's some really nice um, products out there. I think it's the best thing to do is talk to your veterinarian about what you're seeing and what anxiety um, kind of triggers there are, because that is going to be helpful in trying to redirect what medication should be used. And then some is prescription. So your veterinarian may have to write a prescription or give the dog some medication um, that helps in situational kind of stress um, as an event occurs. What about CBD products? They're everywhere for humans. There's even... Uh, products for pets. What's your read on that? Has that been studied? 
Um, the studies are ongoing, and in Minnesota, my board does not allow me really to address that yet. I think one is because they're being cautious, which is a good thing, because we don't know all the side effects. It's not a panacea of it's going to fix everything. And then the other thing is really buyer beware. So sometimes we don't know, does it have some THC in it? Does it have uh, natural cannabinoids in it, um, even if it is, um, you know, uh, CBD? Um, and what the effect of all those cannabinoids are. So lots of ongoing study. I think within the year we're going to have some solid evidence potentially of telling us what it helps for, um, you know, whether it's pain, anxiety, or other things that they're doted for having effect for. Yeah, and that brings up a good point, and and that is if if you're going to try something, uh, any product, you know, something you see on TV or hear on the radio or uh, hear from a friend or a neighbor, uh, you, you certainly want to talk to your vet about that. Yeah, and the other thing is um, a lot of times they'll have a, a seal that it says it's third-party tested. So I always trust those more than if it doesn't have a seal that said it's third-party tested. Um, that at least gives you some assurance of the the products that they say are in it are truly in that um, versus not having any idea because unfortunately there's no hundred percent truth in labeling. And so it's a buyer beware often. So uh, either check with your vet or if you find a product that it does say it's third party tested, I, I feel a little bit more confident that that would be a, a, a good product to use. Quick break. We have more with the vet coming up. Once again, Dr. Jean Gazki is joining us. And if you have a question uh, for the vet about your pet, feel free to get a hold of us on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. And we do have some very important topics to get to as well. Uh, the hot weather uh, and and protect your pets from the hot weather. It's, it's already been a hot, dry summer. And uh, another one is uh, swimming and the dangers of the blue-green algae. We'll, we'll get into that in more detail here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. It is great to have the vet here, Dr. Jean Gaski, and she has joined us over the years. And so glad she could join us before the 4th. It uh, can be a very difficult time. Uh, for the pets with all the fireworks and all the activity around the 4th of July. Here's a good one from our City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. Um, What do you think about those thunder coats? And I've seen those. Does that help? There is some evidence it does. And I think the more things that you can do, Steve, the better off. Um, So we try to do multiple things. So that's a great tip. Um, it's kind of like the swaddling. It does give them some assurance. Um, so the thunder coats work really well. There's actually pheromone collars that you could also put on them, but these things should be put on in advance. Um, and then again, some of these dogs are truly having true panic attacks and really need to be sedated. Um, but they, those type of things can augment the medication working better and then decrease that anxiety. Um, and I think of coats, and the the one I've seen is the one that you can put around dogs, and then you can secure them in vehicles. Because I, I know when I was young, my mom, and I heard this story, would just wrap me in a blanket and lay me on the back seat, and away we'd go. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, time, times have certainly changed with car seats. But what about traveling with pets? Is it a good idea to have a coat where, where they are buckled in and secured a little bit in the vehicle or, or at least in a, in a crate? So, uh, again, crating um, is a secure way for them, especially if they're used to it. Otherwise, wearing like a harness that does attach to um, the seatbelt holder, I think is a great idea. You never know when you're going to slam on your brakes and animals can go flying just like people can. So it does um, prevent injury to pets as they travel. So I'm a fan. Typically, it gives them enough room just to have a kind of curled up seat. It also prevents those dogs from inadvertently distracting you from driving because they're jumping back and forth or back and forth on your lap or from the front seat to the back seat. So those things kind of just make everything safer, I think. Um, Before the break, I brought up some things beyond the fireworks coming up on the 4th. It has been a very warm summer, and I would expect that trend to continue based on the forecast I see through the 4th of July with temps in the 90s. Dangerous time. Um, Also, air quality issues. Give people some recommendations. If air quality isn't good for humans, it's not good for our pets either. It is not. And I'm trying to encourage most people to keep their pets indoors as much as possible. We have seen uh, a tremendous increase in, like, allergic bronchitis in patients that have never had it before because of the wildfires and the poor air quality. So animals are coming in coughing or having upper respiratory systems, even cats. And cats seem to be much more sensitive to it, even though they're indoors, because that um, air quality still does come indoors, even though, um, you know, we try our best. So that's really important. The heat is extremely important when we have high humidity and heat. Dogs um, cannot sweat, so they have to pant. But if that humidity is high, they can't evaporate that heat away from themselves fast enough to cool themselves. So indoors, when it hits, you know, 90 degrees, minimize any walks. Try to do it early in the morning or late at night when it's cooler. Um, You know, some dogs do have to get exercise. And so I understand that, but try to do it in the off hours. Not a fan of Midday, uh, I guess, dog parks because it's it's just way too hot and it can overheat. And another thing I'm not a fan of is during this time when it's really hot, bringing your pets with you in the car. It only takes five minutes for that heat index to get to be life-threatening to animals. And so I know people have a lot of good intention. They're just running errands. They're going to run in and out. But we see way too many animals that um, can overheat in a car. And then some people will leave their car engine running, which uh, is safer for the pet. But with the carjackings and the uptake and the, you know, people stealing cars that are running, um, it's just devastating when your pet's in there and they take off with your car. So just for safety reasons, through this heat and summer, try to leave your pet at home as much as possible. They're going to be secure in the own house and not get overheated. Uh, water's a big part of it, having clean, fresh water. But when the dog's on a walk, uh, you may go by a pond or a lake, and they may want to go in and have a drink or go for a swim. That can be life-threatening. And this is uh, very, very important to keep in mind that uh, the the algae that can form on, on ponds or uh, e- even in lakes can be deadly. Yeah, but usually we'll do in the, you know, in the water that's closest to the shoreline or ponds that don't have any movement of the water. 
uh, when temperatures reach 90 degrees, we see these algae blooms, blue-green algae. And um, people should kind of know what that looks like. It almost looks like um, an oil streak painted. Um, they've got great Google pictures of it. But any type of surface green, anything like that, it's best to keep your animal out of the water because it is so deadly that just a dog wading in it and then coming out and licking their paw um, exposed to that water um, is life-threatening. We lose dogs, unfortunately, every year to blue-green allergy. Cities mm -hmm. try to do posting um, as much as possible at uh, lakes and ponds and smaller waterways that have blooms, but I think it's always better just to carry your own water. Um, and if you're at a lake, um, watching the shoreline on how quickly that uh, blue-green algae may uh, actually occur. Um, sometimes I just tell people if you really need to cool off your dog, take them out towards the middle. If they have a dock, let them, you know, jump off there and then bring them back in and just don't let them be along the shoreline. Yeah, it it, it truly is deadly. It, it, it Exposure, there there isn't much time to react. No, we lose them. It's, if there was an antidote, we would certainly try, but it, it's so life-threatening that uh, it's just a sad case to see them um, pass away because of this. Um, what, what about swimming in uh, pools, uh, especially chlorinated pools? Is that a, a big deal? Because uh, over the years, been around dogs that love to jump in the pool with the humans. You know, I think it's fairly well tolerated, but it depends on the dog also um, in the sense of do they get that chlorinated water in uh, their um in their mouth and will it get down their airway? That's where it's going to cause problems. So that chlorinated water in their airway certainly can set up damage, which can lead to um, pneumonia and things like that. So one, we don't want them licking it, but sometimes when dogs dive in, they, they're going to get it. Um, I, as far as the surface of the skin, it doesn't seem to cause irritation, but I always tell people if they're going to swim and um, chlorinated water, it's just best afterwards to rinse them off with a hose, get that chlorinated water off of them. All right. Uh, in, in general, um, the, the little kiddie pools, that sort of thing, running around in the sprinkler, all that, that, that that's all good. Great that's all good, and that's safe. And, yeah, and it's an, a good way. I mean, certainly if you feel like your dog is overheated, one of the first things you want to do is cool them off. Um, you know, you can take a rectal temperature. Anything above 103 is going to hit a danger area. So we want to cool them as effectively as you can and obviously call an emergency service or get them in so they can do IV fluids and some other things. But um, the last thing, too, I know we're running out of time, but I just want to remind people that canine influenza is still occurring. Mm. Even though our humane societies are up and running, we still have lingering of that. It is a, a, what we consider a core vaccine at our clinic um, because of the fact that once it's there, the outbreak is crazy wildfire. It just is so contagious and so a better way to protect them against it, especially if you're just out and about and walking um, any place like that would be to get the influenza vaccine. It is more readily available. I know when the outbreak occurred, there are many clinics that didn't have it, but I think they're finally catching up with it. So it is something that I think is important to give to your dog. And, and with that said, you, you brought up dog parks earlier. Um, I, I, I've always been leery of that because you, you 
you just don't know the other dogs and how they're going to react to your dog. It, it, to me, I know it's a great idea, and for apartment dwellers, etc., they may not have another uh, option, but I, I guess I'm not a huge fan. You know, I, I consider it a double-edged sword uh, yeah. for several reasons. One, exactly for what you said. You just, you know, if you get a different mix of an animal, then all of a sudden there could be a fight. And we do see, you know, bites still happening at these dog parks. The other thing, it's very important to make sure that you're on a good heartworm preventative and internal parasite control. Because when we sweep these places and check them for parasites, they're loaded. Um, so their exposure to internal parasites, you know, like um, GI parasites, like hookworms, roundworms, things like that, is really high. So one way to protect them is obviously keeping them on a good pletic heartworm preventative and internal parasite control. All right. We want to get to one. Uh, we've talked a lot about dogs here in the heat in the 4th of July. But before we go, a cat question. Eight-year-old cat uh, not using the litter box, and it's uh, happened here recently. What could be going on? Oh, lots of reasons. Um, you know, cats can be pretty finicky about their litter box, so the type of litter they're using, it, whether it's covered or uncolored, but basic things like a urinary tract infection, um, they can get. Um, right at eight years old, we start seeing some early kidney disease or some other metabolic um, issues like thyroid, things like that. I think the best thing for that person to do is get their cat into their veterinarian and they'll just maybe just start with a urinalysis or some general screen so they can determine is it uh, a medical problem or could there be an attached behavioral issue going on. All right. Well, Gino, it's good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for the time, and hopefully we can visit again soon. That sounds great, Steve. Have a happy fourth. You as well. That's Dr. Gene Gasky of Ed at VCA Bloomington Animal Hospital. Joining us here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Thanks again for joining us on the program today. Quick break. We'll have an update on the weather. It's going to be hot. And then uh, finally some rain. Unfortunately, our best chance of rain looks like it'll be Tuesday the 4th. We'll have the very latest in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Twins, Orioles later today. Our pregame show coming up at 2.30. We call it the lineup card. And then first pitch after 3 o'clock. The the Twins were terrible in Atlanta. Had a players-only meeting before they left Atlanta. And then bounce back and blow out the Birds, who, by the way, have been one of the bigger surprises in the major leagues. Uh, 8-1, to they got great pitching. They hit the ball, three home runs in the game last night, including a three-run bomb by Byron Buxton. Twins win 8-1. to We'll see if it continues today. Bailey Ober on the mound in Game 2 once again. We'll get started with the uh, lineup card at 2.30, first pitch at 3.10. Speaking of sports, free agency underway in the NBA. Uh, some big names moving around. What are the Timberwolves doing? I, I know smaller moves for the Timberwolves because they've got a lot of money committed uh, to the likes of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and the rest to the roster and to sort it all out, what's going on with the Wolves and around the NBA, Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. Chris, good to visit with you. How you doing, Steve? Happy 4th. Yeah, happy 4th to you. It looks like it'll be a hot one. We haven't had rain to speak of at all and 
the, the way it looks, we may get rain on the 4th of July. That's how it goes. Crazy. <laughs> Feels feels are just about right. Uh, yeah. Minnesota, the the, the weather is never perfect. Really yeah, perfect. Christmas. Yeah, that that, that that's right. Uh, and we we do need the rain. So if it comes on the fourth, I, I think people will make peace with that. Uh, before we get into the Timberwolves and the moves they've made to this point, uh, when, when it comes to free agency and signings and decisions they've made so far, uh, really one of the big names. Uh, the future of Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers looks like Lillard's ready to move on. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, um, everybody was kind of waiting on this for the last several weeks. Which way was it going to break in Portland? Was was Portland going to try and you know maybe sell or, or trade some of its young talent? Um, and potentially try to get some veterans around Damian Lillard, or was Damian Lillard going to ask out and Portland was going to go into rebuild mode? And today it looks like we got an answer uh, that Damian Lillard wants out, and Portland's probably going to be in rebuild mode. And now we just kind of wait and see which which team does he go to. Miami was heavily rumored. I think you know Philadelphia would probably like to get in that mix, I'm guessing. Um, uh, the Knicks as well have a lot of draft capital coming up in future years. So we'll see. Uh, this is just beginning, and we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of days here. Yeah, and it, it appears Lillard, uh, Lillard still has plenty of tread on the tire. One of my favorite guards in the league to watch play, particularly in person, just dynamic talent. But but for Portland, this has got to be bittersweet because – Lillard's meant so much to that community. He's a huge star in Portland. You know, a lot of people have made the the parallels to kind of how it went with Kevin Garnett uh, yeah. here in Minnesota. Just you know, after the Western Conference Finals appearance, just never really could get back to to that level. And so eventually, he reached a point in his career where you know, a change of scenery was was needed. But it you know, never never really changed how people in Minnesota really felt about Kevin Garnett ultimately. 
you know, and his legacy with that franchise. And I think it's going to be similar with Damian Lillard in Portland. You know, he's going to go somewhere else, try to be competitive, try to get a, a title here at, at the end of the peak of his career here. Um, but, you know, Damian Lillard is going to go down as one of the, the best, if not the best, Portland Trailblazer in the franchise's history. Um, and I don't think what what is happening today is going to diminish that over the long term. Yeah, and there, as you pointed out, there are a lot of intriguing potential landing spots for Lillard. Kyrie Irving stays in Dallas, James Harden. And this isn't really a surprise, uh, you know, on his way out of Philadelphia. So you, you mentioned the 76ers as being a potential for Lillard. But uh, the, the one that stood out for me with, with all the talk, you know, was, was the Kyrie Irving situation. Yeah, I think it's just an interesting dynamic there. I was really surprised when I saw the reports that he was going to be meeting with Phoenix because in my head I was yeah. thinking, how is that going to work with <laughs> with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal there? And you could maybe add Kyrie Irving to that mix. Who's going to yeah. first? How, how are you going to pay all those guys A and B? Who's going to play defense um, <laughs> if if that was the scenario? So not surprised that that fizzled and that Kyrie is ultimately just back in Dallas on a very large contract, very generous deal. And, you know, you just never know what the year is going to bring with, with him, um, how many games he's going to play. And honestly, you know, that team last year, when he got there, they were not very good. You know, they went from being a, a, you know, a fringe playoff team to out of it. Uh, very shortly after he he got there, so I think there's some some chemistry issues they got to figure out between him and Luka Doncic. You know, both of them like to have the ball in their hands a lot, and I feel like their offense can't just be your turn, my turn kind of yeah. thing, which is what it which is what it was last year. Chris Hine joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline covers the Timberwolves and the NBA for the Star Tribune. Uh, let's get down to business with the Timberwolves and what they've done so far. Uh, first, Torian Prince uh, will test free agency after the, the Wolves made a decision because, let's face the facts, uh, they've got a lot of money tied up already in player salaries, and, and uh, Prince w- wasn't a fit money-wise. Yeah, yeah, so he... Had an option uh, for seven and a half million. He actually ended up coming to an agreement with the Lakers yesterday for four and a half million. Um, so you can kind of see where the market was for him and why the Wolves maybe decided to uh, waive his contract and, and move on from it. So, you know, the Wolves, you know, I think one thing they were going to miss with him was his shooting. Coming off the bench, that's one thing that this roster doesn't have a ton of. So they went out and got Troy Brown from the Lakers, um, who shot 38% from three-point range last year. Shake Milton from the 76ers, yeah. also a decent three-point shooter as well, um, and a kind of a combo guard who can help them out with their with their point guard depth, uh, somebody who might be able to help run the offense uh, in spurts. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, shooting is a, is, was a priority of what they were kind of looking for to kind of round out the bench. Yeah. It, just looking at the, at the people they brought back and Nikhil Alexander Walker 
yeah, for uh, for 24 hours there, I, I think fans might have been a little scratching their heads. Like, why would the Wolves not offer him a qualifying offer to make him a restricted free agent? Well, the qualifying offer would have been $7 million, um, and they ended up signing him for two years at $9 million. So they came in uh, well under the qualifying offer, and they locked him up for two years. So, that, you know, you can kind of see what the – what the chess moves were on the board when it came to how they handled Alexander Walker's situation. He's a guy that really wants to be here. The Wolves love having him here um, after he came over in that trade in February. Um, and he was really big for them down the stretch and in the postseason as one of their best defenders, especially after Jaden McDaniels went out. So he's back uh, on a two-year deal. And I think that, that makes a lot of sense for both sides. Yeah, and Chris, I'm I'm glad you brought that up in that particular signing because, you know, when that deal was made, it was kind of like all about Mike Conley and who's this other guy. And as it turns out, he can really play and 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 be in the rotation and make a difference. And that you have to have guys like this, considering what you're paying on the top end, and you know ultimately what Ant's going to get paid, what Carl Anthony Towns is getting paid, Rudy Gobert, etc. You you have to have uh, guys that can come in and contribute, and he fits the bill. That's that's absolutely right, and I think that's also why you saw them try to get a, a second draft pick this year, where they where they made a trade to grab the 33rd pick in the draft because you do have these large contracts looming and you're going to need guys who are on either rookie scale deals or are on cheap, relatively cheap contracts, which is what this is for uh, Alexander Walker uh, to round out your roster. So you need somebody who can come off the bench, give you reliable minutes who fits your system and style of play. Uh, so I think that that's in a <laughs> small, but essential signing for them and, and locking him up. And that's why they have, you know, that's kind of why the back end of this roster is young. At the top end, you have, you know, Rudy Gobert who's in his 30s, Mike Conley is in his 30s, um, and you have some veterans there like Carl and Kyle Anderson. But if you look at the back end of this roster, the, the kind of this back half of it, there's a lot of youth on this roster. And I don't think that that's, uh, that's an accident. Um, because you are going to need these players to develop in your pipeline and be contributors in a year or two when some of these contracts are going to balloon and you might not be able to sign a middle class of free agent um, like you were maybe this year with, with Nas Reed, for instance. So very important to have young team-friendly contract talent on the roster, which is what that signing was. And in the Nas Reed signing, it, it go, goes without saying, I think there was a sense of relief among Timberwolves fans because it, it was just a breakout year for him. He he was really good and, you know, a, a devastating injury when they lost Nas Reed because he, he just – my sense was, I mean, you're you're there day in and day out at the practice facility mm-hmm. and travel with the team on the road, but he, he just seemed to be getting better and better that, you know, there, there was just constant improvement in his game and what he brought to the team. Yeah, he, he really did. Uh, the last stretch that he played right before he got hurt was the best basketball I've seen him play. And some of those games were with, both Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert in the lineup. Uh, he he 
really, I think, took a took a jump this past season. Um, he's very skilled. I think he fits Chris Finch's offensive philosophy and system because he's a very quick decision maker. And whatever he decides to do, he does it very quickly. And that's kind of what Chris Finch's offense demands. It does not demand a lot of, like, pass the ball. Okay, this guy has it. Now he holds it trying to decide what to do. Nasri is quick. He moves. He sets screens quickly. He slips quickly. He, he decides to go to the basket in, in, a, in, a, in a small amount of time. So I, th- I really think he's a great fit offensively. Defensively, he's got some improvements to make. I know they want to see him start rebounding a little better, especially on the offensive end of the floor. So there's definitely some things he needs to work on moving forward. But in terms of just the offensive ability and the ability to create mismatches for for teams or against teams on the floor, I think he's he's a he's a great fit for this roster. So here we sit, July one, still a long way to camp. We have a whole summer. There, there's summer league and all things going on with that out in Las Vegas. But it you get the sense that this is probably it. What they're going to do. Um, that for all practical purposes, you know, they're going to roll it back, and these are the guys they're going to go with next season. Yeah, it looks – I wouldn't expect too many more uh, moves for this season. They have to round out the roster with, you know, two-way contracts and maybe bring in a couple guys uh, as camp tryout guys. Um, So you'll see some of these kind of more minor signings happen over the next week. Um, the big thing that will be coming probably shortly over the next week or so, um, who, who knows what the, what the exact timing will be, are the contract extensions of Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels. Uh, those will be the, the kind of the next things on the to-do list. Uh, Edwards, it shouldn't take too long for him to sign his contract. There shouldn't be much negotiating going on there. It's going to be a max deal. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, it could be a little more back and forth required to to land on a number for him because his will not be a max contract, but it'll still be very lucrative. My expectation, just kind of ballparking it, is he's probably set to make somewhere in the mid-20s of millions per year, and you know the value of the contract could rise to the high 20s by the end of that deal. So that's where I would expect his deal to come in. Uh, we'll see on the years for Jaden. Ant should be a five-year deal. Uh, Jaden's could be a five-year deal, um, but we'll see if they decide to go uh, that many years on that deal before he reaches free agency again. So those are the two, the two uh, items at the top of their to-do list now uh, as July, as we turn the calendar to July. Yeah, I, I don't want to wish summer away, but, uh, you know, here, here we go. Go. It, it goes pretty quickly after free agency and the dust settles. There's a little bit of a lull. By the way, before we let you go, are you going to go out to Vegas for summer league, or are you going to stay away? I will be there. Yeah, we'll okay. be there for a couple of days. Um, you know, three nights in Vegas is enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to spend any more time than three nights, uh, as I've learned uh, over the five years on this beat. Three nights is plenty. I'll be I'll be yeah. plenty exhausted by the time. Uh, so I, I leave on Friday, and I'll get back on uh, and I leave uh, town or leave Vegas on Monday. So by by the time you see me Monday morning, um, I might look like yeah. I'm 
sick and hung over and all that stuff. But I might be. I might very well might be. <laughs> all right, Chris, good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. Happy 4th. Sounds good. Thank you, Steve. There he is, Chris Hine from the Star Tribune, joining on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. My exact feelings in Vegas, I'm excited to get there. And after two nights, by the third night, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Uh, quick break, we'll come back. Some of the other headlines from the day in sports, all the news at one. Uh, we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. Andy Greeter previews the loons tonight. That is all on the way. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. All the news, all the weather at one. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. Andy Greeter will join from the Pioneer Press. We'll preview the loons. They take on the Portland Timbers on the midway at Allianz Field. Then we'll count you down to the Twins and the Orioles in Baltimore. That, that players-only meeting paid dividends for a day. They blew out Baltimore 8-1 to after a rain delay at the start. We'll see if the trend continues Bailey Mober Bailey Ober on the mound today once again uh, the lineup card at 2:30 today as we get ready for that a uh, Lynx take on Phoenix tonight in the Valley of the Sun at nine o'clock uh, tonight so a late start that game will be on Valley Sports North if you want to tune in a little bit later on uh, the Lynx are now six and nine after a dreadful start they, they, they were bad at the beginning of the season a year ago, but uh, Cheryl Reeves certainly can coach and coaching them up right now. So once again, they're 6-9, and nine, and they'll be at Phoenix tonight. Once again, a 9 o'clock start. And then, of course, uh, Minnesota United FC in town as well with the Twins on the road uh, wrapping up a road trip. And they'll come back this way at Target Field. Play a 4th of July matinee at Target Field against the Kansas City Royals couple other sports headlines uh, wanted to get to uh, the countdown to the All-Star game. And I was at an All-Star game last night, amateur baseball in Delano. And by the way, Delano on the 4th of July is magical. I had no idea. I've been to Delano, but uh, not on the 4th of July. What a party. What a setup. What a Always great fun. ballpark. Always yeah. fun. Yeah, just phenomenal. And the the Crow River Valley League took on the North Star League. And I called the All-Star game last night on NSPN.TV. It was just a magical setting. It went 10. It went late. The North Star League won it 5-4 to last night. But Delano for the fourth. (laughs) That really a sight to see last night. Very cool indeed. And tip of the cap to the community uh, for hosting that event, and you still have a chance to get out there through the fourth. We'll have the news in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.